0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Pardon me, Josh. Before we get down seriously, I just had a flashback. I I used to do the show with Chris Paulette oh. And anybody who listens to tech stuff, if you don't, you should. will know that uh, he is among the punniest people on the planet. Are you invoking Paulette and my name in the same sentence? Mhm. <laughs> wow. You you shoot puns like that at me, you get the you get the big guns. All right. Well, par- All right? pardon me then. <laughs> Before we get to this business, right? I just want to say uh, Big welcome to a certain individual, right? Yeah. Um, little girl named um, Sophia Milan Harris was born today, July 22nd, uh, 628 AM. She's the daughter of my future brother and sister-in-law, mm-hmm. Josh Harris and Mika Harris. People are probably like, Josh had a baby and didn't even tell us. Right, yeah. The other Josh. Yeah. Yumi and uh, her sister are both with Josh's, so isn't yeah. that adorable? And I but, met yeah. both of them, right, at your birthday party? Sure, yeah. yeah, The one I was on a horse <laughs> on. That was awesome. Yeah, so welcome to the world, uh, Sophia Milan, who's going to be called Mila from now on. So it, thank you very much, Chuck, for indulging me. Sure, and since you brought it up, I
0: should point out that at Josh's uh, birthday party, there were a pony, a horse, bunnies, and goats. Yeah. It was like the farm was brought in for the party. And, yes. uh There weren't enough kids there to justify it, so we all know what really was going on.
1: Yeah. Yumi (laughs) was like, you're so spoiled, I'm going to get you a pony, and she got me a pony. Of course, Emily spent like half the party in the goat crate, so... Well, they were pretty cute goats. One looked like pure satanic evil, but the other one was just beyond adorable. Little pygmy goat. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it was three months old, so it was really little and cute. That was awesome. Yes, so baby goats, human babies, so far, it's been like a minute and a half, and we're already like, the cute factor is through the roof, man. Well... We can take care of that with one fell swoop. Yeah, let's talk about pretty much the exact opposite of that, shall we? Yes. Okay, buddy, I was um, disheartened to hear that July 10th came and went, and not a lot of people marked it, uh, but this day was the day that um, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. Mr. Ho- Mr. Change the President, sure. went past John Adams' presidency presidency or administration, neglect of clemency requests. So well, he waited longer than uh-huh. any other president? Yes. Interesting. It is very interesting. Um, John Adams went 536 days, and um, I-, I should say July 10th is the day that Obama tied him. You mean John Adams, the second, uh, The I'm sorry, the first b- vice president in the United States? <laughs> yes, that, <laughs> that same John Adams. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it, it's been several days since then, and there's been no action taken on any... Um, requests for pardons from Obama. And a lot of people are like, that's kind of weird. Um, he's in third place right now to Clinton uh-huh. and uh, George W. Bush. He's busy. Yeah, but as you'll find out, he really doesn't have to do too terribly much. Right. And the other thing is, what's, what's odd is he's not doing anything. He's not sitting there just denying him, denying him, denying him, right? He's not doing anything. with He He inherited a couple of thousand requests for Clemency, uh-huh. um, and he, I had, I think, have had a, a few thousand more come right. up, um, and he hasn't taken any action on any of them. It's really puzzling, and it's not a very talked about yeah. news story. But I, I've, I don't have a good answer why. I've, I haven't been able to find one. I've looked. Right. I mean, I looked. Well, you usually don't
0: hear about clemency much till the last part of a president's uh, final term. Not necessarily true. I, and I should say, well, that's when you let I should say that's when you really hear about it.
1: Right. Because that's when they come flying in. Yeah, and they, they come hard and fast, mm-hmm. and the real dirty ones come up around then. <laughs> yeah. You know? Sure. Um, I, I I should say that Obama has pardoned two individuals. Okay. There are two turkeys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that he pardoned uh, last Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and seriously, those are the only pardons that he's given so far. Do, who started that? Do you have that info? We don't really know. No one knows. Oh, really? They think it was, a lot of people say it was Lincoln, but uh, people have turned up that it was actually Harry Truman, Mm -hmm. but Truman came up with the idea, possibly. I think Lincoln made a joke about it. Truman came up with the idea, and I think John F. Kennedy was the first to actually ever follow through with it. Interesting. That's what I've heard. And I think we talked about it on our Thanksgiving podcast, but I can't remember. So Lincoln made a joke about it as he hatcheted off the head of a turkey. (laughs) Yeah. He (laughs) said he was going to pardon Tad's turkey. Right. Because mom's so crazy these days, I'm going to got to do something for the kid. Right. Interesting. So then he cut off the head and said, LOL, just kidding. Right. All right. Let's get down to this, shall we? Presidential pardons. And you wrote this, and this was an awesome article, dude. Thank you. Very thorough. Oh well, it was uh, one of those interesting ones. Like the topic's just interesting, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, you think about it, Chuck. We have a, a, a government of that consists of checks and balances, right? Ideally, sure. So I mean, the, well, the way it's set up, mm-hmm. you know, the the Senate has uh, has final approval on yeah. the people the president tries to appoint to the Supreme Court. Yeah. That's a check. Yeah. Um, the Senate can come up with uh, bills laws, but the president has veto power over them, Yeah, the, and um, with the Supreme Court, you can uh, impeach a Supreme Court justice. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. I did not, um, although it was in the article, so I guess <laughs> I knew it at one point in time when I was reminded right. of it. So there's all these checks and balances, um, except the presidential pardon. It exists in this weird vacuum unchecked. outside of everything else, totally unchecked. You yeah. can't do anything about it. Yeah, and I like you pointed out in the
0: article that Congress... Spends a lot of time when all the pardons come flying in hard and fast toward the end, just kind of like, oh, I can't do anything. Yeah. But I noted that the same congressman, they want that pardon too for when they're in trouble. Right. Yeah. You know,
1: there's a lot of um, disingenuous electioneering or pol- yeah. politicizing, I guess, with pardoning. But uh, originally, that's not what it was intentionally created for. Uh, it has become a political tool, right? And as a, as a yeah. result, it's really kind of generated this uh, this ire in public perception. Um, pretty famously, Gerald Ford took a hit in the public sector, right? Yeah, he pardoned Nixon. Yeah, that was not a very popular move. No, um, and that was kind of sweeping because he pardoned Nixon before any charges were ever formally filed, which is yeah. a no-no technically with sure. pardons. But and weird and hinky. Yeah, and he he kind of you know a lot of people. Thought Ford was a dummy, president, yeah. not not a smart guy. Maybe football injury. I sure. think they said on Days and Confused. Right. Uh, um, but he, uh, I remember when he died, learning that a lot of people considered him something of a hero because he fell on his sword. He threw. He gave up the presidency. Yeah. To heal the country and just get the Nixon era over with by pardoning the guy. Right. And just doing it himself, taking the full ire of the American public. Just said, forget it. I'm out of here. Right. Um, another big one
0: was Scooter Libby, right? Yeah. Every president has, you know, a slew of pardons, and every president has some shady ones, where they kind of get their buddies out of trouble. Because when big money's involved in politics, there's usually some malfeasance going on. Yeah. So Scooter Libby
1: was pardoned by Bush. Yeah, he was uh, Bush Junior. Right. Right. And he was a, um, well, he was convicted of obstructing justice, perjury, lying. To federal investigators, pretty garden the variety whole, stuff. The whole, val- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except he got really thrown under the bus, but it was for the whole Valerie Plame thing. Yeah, the CIA outing, right, right. Supposedly, allegedly in retaliation for uh, Plame's husband coming up with analysis that's saying like Iraq does not have weapons of mass destruction. Right. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, Clinton
0: uh, got, was also under fire, of course, for uh, Mark Rich. Yeah. Not Mark Richt?
1: Mar- no. Not our awesome football oh, coach you here can Georgia?
0: You can't pin anything on Mark Richt. <laughs> Dude, that guy's so squeaky clean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark Rich was the um, tax famous tax evader whose wife, ex-wife, left a large sum of money to the Clinton Library. Right. And so Bill said, "Yeah, pardon. I was hoping you were going <laughs> to do that today. But um, one thing I thought was interesting was that... Uh, It was a conditional pardon, which we'll talk about. You noticed that as well. Yeah, because he agreed basically. He went to Switzerland to, Uh to, I guess, evade charges initially.
1: Yeah, he fled the country. Yeah. Like Polanski
0: style. Yeah. And Clinton said, I'll pardon you if you agree not to defend yourself against the civil suits Mm -hmm. brought by the United States government. And so
1: he said. Yeah, that that's fine. Sure, I'll do that. But they were pretty substantial. It wasn't just tax evasion. I, I uncovered this when I was researching for this podcast. Yeah. The guy was also um indicted for selling or making oil deals with Iran yeah. during the Iran hostage crisis when there a was player. like a full on embargo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's light treason. Right. Well, that's that's the funny thing though. Oh well, not funny, but he said, Sure, <laughs> go ahead and pardon me and I'll agree not to defend myself right. when I come back to the US and yeah. get you know he never came back yeah he stayed in switzerland he's like, like thanks for the pardon chump. yeah it's kind
1: of nice here so i think one of, there's a couple of reasons the mark rich um case stands out the mark rich pardon stands out so much is it seems so it's it's just the worst kind of politics when yeah. some kind of elitist politician um pardons one of his or her own yeah well so far one of his own yeah. right um and then also, there were questions about whether Mark Rich bought that pardon. Right. Whether that, that endowment to the Clinton Library mm-hmm. was in exchange for a pardon, right? Bought a lot of books, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing, you
0: know who was lead counsel for uh, Rich? For, William
1: William Kunstler. For 15 years? Scooter Libby.
0: Oh, wow. He was his lawyer, and he defended him and said, oh, he didn't evade any taxes. And Clinton used Scooter Libby and said, we have a a hardcore Republican lawyer that's defending this guy. Wow. saying he
1: didn't do it. So then it's just funny how inbred it all is. I think it's funny that people still differentiate between Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> well that's a laugh. Yeah. Um also what lastly this Mark Rich case, red hot. It came back when Obama was trying to get um Eric Holder appointed as his attorney general. Oh really? Yeah, trying to get him past the Senate. That was the big contentious issue. How did you sign off on the Mark Rich pardon? It was like right. w- arguably the worst pardon ever in the history of presidents. Right. Um. And he almost didn't get nominated. Yeah. I remember they stretched it out for weeks. Crazy. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about this, and then maybe we'll go back and talk about some more, fi- some more famous and not so famous but interesting pardons. That sounds good, Josh. Thanks, Chuckers. Man, we are doing this on the fly with the record button on. What do we usually do? We usually go beep and then talk about it and then edit that part out. Right. So, Chuck, what does a pardon do? Why would Mark Rich even be interested in having a pardon like this? Why would somebody who's been convicted of a crime, sentenced to prison, serve their time, and been out for several years, be interested in in getting a pardon? What's the point? Well,
0: first I would say, what are you kidding? But we'll (laughs) spell it out for you. A pardon... uh, the main thing it does is it gets you out of prison which is awesome mm-hmm. but the really <laughs> awesome thing that it does beyond that is it restores your civil rights as a as a you know free non uh, federally incarcerated individual
1: or somebody who hasn't co- been convicted of a felony you know as a felon chuck you're not allowed to own a firearm or vote. Um, right which is why you couldn't vote on tuesday um, or jury duty, which is kind of nice. But. Right, yeah, that one, <laughs> I don't know if that's a, it's a disability, but that's what they're called yeah. collectively when you lose those rights after being convicted of a felony. Yeah. And that goes on your record. You <clears throat> you lose these rights, and that's called civil disability, right?
0: Yeah, and it restores every bit. It's, it's almost like an annulment. It's as if nothing ever happened save for the fact that it does stay on your record.
1: Right, and the record's... Remain that it took uh, several hundred years for them to finally establish that. There's a Supreme Court case in I think the 90s that said the records stay. U.S. v. Noonan. There's nice right off the top of your head too. Um, But there's no, they don't have any effect on you as a citizen any longer. But that's just with the federal government, right? And that's not even with all branches of the federal government. Basically. The president, when the president issues a pardon, Mm -hmm. the president is daddy of the country right then and is saying, on behalf of the rest of the the American family, Uh we're going to forgive you for this transgression. Right. I'm your daddy. I'm everybody else's daddy. I'm going to make the decision, (laughs) and let's just move on past this. Now, your brother, the IRS... Your uncle, the IRS, I should say, yeah. is probably still going to sue your ass off. Your drunk uncle. Right. But <laughs> you are, um, I can't do anything about that, but you broke the laws and we're going to forgive you for breaking the laws, right? Should we talk about other forms of clemency just so everyone's squared away? Yeah, because a pardon, clemency is the umbrella term. Yeah. Pardon is one type of clemency. That's the That's best the kind. That's the best point. yeah. <laughs> That's what you're gunning for. Right. Uh, we can we can draw the
0: distinction though, my friend, with um, pardons, commutes, um, remissions, and uh, what's the last one? Respite. Respite. Uh, commutation. When you commute a sentence, that means you just make it shorter. Right. That's not used a whole lot. You
1: can also commute a sentence before it even starts. Yeah, that's weird. That's what happened with Scooter Libby. Oh uh, yeah, uh, sure. He he got a commutation, but not a pardon. So he's a blemished individual as a citizen, <laughs> but he didn't have to go to prison. So he can't vote, no,
0: or serve on a jury,
1: or own a handgun, or own a handgun. That's probably
0: a good thing. Yeah. Um, we already talked about the full pardon, the granddaddy of them all. There is the conditional pardon, which we mentioned, which means um, I will do this for you if. And the Clinton example was one. Another good one you listed was um, Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Nixon pardoned Hoffa and said, "I'll you know I'll pardon you as long as you don't." take part in any more uh, labor organization. Right. And he was like... And go
1: sleep with the fishes. But that's all I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he had to go full on with the mob after that. Right. His, exactly. the, his inevitable course was set with that agreement.
0: Uh, remission, we mentioned that is like when you... Uh say so you don't have to pay a fine. It's releases you from a legal obligation.
1: Again, but that's just with like the the federal government. And right. it's not necessarily with the IRS. The IRS sues right. you in civil court. Yeah.
0: It's um It can't it can't a civil obligation you owe to a family for restitution, they can't they can't remiss right. that. Is that right? Remiss. Remit. Remit.
1: <laughs> but you would be remiss. You would be remiss.
0: Right. Jerry's laughing in there. Right? <laughs> <I heard. laughs> respite is basically uh, a temporary thing where the president's like, you know what? Let me hold this off for a month or two while we look at it. Right, like uh, an execution? Well, isn't that
1: a stay or is it the same thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if a stay of execution is just issued by uh, the governor. Right. Or if a stay of execution is a type of respite, maybe. Because this is only federal cases because the president can't touch state or local cases.
0: Isn't that right? That's true,
1: too. Yeah. So maybe that's a diff. Does, does yeah, the feds the feds execute people. the The president could uh could keep uh, somebody who was sentenced to death through a court martial. Oh, okay. They could they could give them respite. It's kind of like, hey, here's a nice hot towel. Go sit in the corner while we figure out whether we're gonna kill you yeah. or not. and you can you can pile those on top of each other if you need more time. You can issue them in succession,
0: and it's it doesn't interfere with. Uh, the trial, or or anything like that, right? So
1: you like a lot of these kind of work in conjunction, like the 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 booya combo uh-huh. that you want is the commutation of sentence before it even starts, right? Followed by or in conjunction with the full pardon or respite, maybe in the full part. Right. right? But, I mean, if you, if you love a sense of drama, yeah, sure. yeah, <laughs> you go. you can tack the respite on to the beginning. I just want to keep my butt out of jail. I don't care if it's dramatic
0: or not. Right, right. Just give me whatever puts me you know, back on the sidelines. Or back in the game, sorry.
1: Back. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing sports metaphors. Yeah. That reminds me of a dream, Chuck, that I had. Okay. Um I I dreamt that uh, I was at a breakdancing championship which I've actually been to before. <laughs> um but I was sitting there like watching like all these people break dance, you know, were you and they in were it was awesome you were just watching it. No, actually what I figured out was I dreamt that I was watching other people break dance. I don't even have enough of an opinion of myself to dream that I myself is an awesome break Cuz that's what I was about to say, dude. I would be the master champion break dancer in my dream. Right, but you just said that you want to be out of jail so you can get back to the sidelines. <laughs> Touché. That's what triggered that. Touche. Maybe we'll edit that out in post, huh? No. So, Chuck, what doesn't a pardon do? It sounds like it's um, basically the hand of God coming down, touching you on the head and saying, go buy a gun because you can. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> uh One thing it does not do and you cannot
0: touch, and they were pretty smart back when they wrote the Constitution. Um, they made sure that, A, you can impeach a president, and, B, that you cannot pardon
1: an impeachment, right? Um, they they actually didn't include presidential pardons in a couple of the plans for the Constitution. The New Jersey plan and the Virginia plan, yeah, both lacked presidential pardons. And yeah. Alexander Hamilton was like, I think Federalist Paper number seventy four, uh, huh? yes, yeah. Um, he argued that there are times when this could really come in handy, guys. So let's put it in, but. Let's make sure it doesn't apply to impeachment, right? Because if the president can be impeached, and if he can't pardon himself for, while he's being impeached, then he won't become this absolute authoritarian. Yeah. He can't, possibly, right? Sure. So um, that was how it ended up in there. But actually, that went further back, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But they almost left the whole thing out. And then they said, yeah. no, we'll just follow custom. Well, were you going to say it came over from England? Yeah. Say it, man. Well, it, it's actually the whole the whole idea is rooted in the prerogative of the king, the English king. Yeah, we got a lot of our early ideas clearly since
0: we had just, uh, you know, come from England. Mm-hmm. We're based on good old England,
1: right? English common law. Yeah, or royal law, I guess, is what this would be. Um, and I think that's probably why presidential pardons weren't included in a couple of the really popular plans for the constitution. Sure. It was because it was it kind of smacked of royal tyranny, right? Yeah, but they Charles II I think is the one who originally thought of the the uh, impeachment idea, right? Well, either he thought of it and was a fan or he was a, one of the weaker kings or one of the more benevolent kings because right. a parliament that was in session while he was reigning managed to slip that on to uh, the custom of the prerogative of the English king. So right. you can overturn any court case except cases of impeachment, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, which is, you know, there are some other ways that the, the courts over the years have sort of shaped, um, I guess you could say limited or defined, how you can pardon and how you can't. Nice. Um, like we said, it's only federal cases. You can't affect civil, civil cases at all. And... Um, like we also mentioned restitution to a family so let's say if oj simpson in a weird alternate world were convicted of cutting his wife's head off if he had done it if he had really done that he could not have been he could have been pardoned for that but um let's say if the president was a big fan of the juice but he could not have been relieved of paying uh, goldman all that money that he lost right which is weird cuz he was found guilty or not guilty but uh what do you call liable? it case, liable yeah for her death and his son's death but in a civil suit guilty in a court of law criminally yeah weird so strange how that can happen in this country
1: yeah that was a really weird moment in this country's history huh yeah um chuck there's some other ways that the presidential pardon has been shaped um you can't force the well you the the idea used to be was that you can't force a person to take a pardon. That's my favorite little nugget in this whole article. Right. So you would think, like, oh, yeah, here's your pardon, especially if it's, like, a commutation uh-huh. of sentence and you get out of jail early. Yeah. Um, not everybody's down with that. Some people are what we call institutionalized. Yeah. Can't make it on the
0: outside any longer. Like Brooks and Shawshank. Yes. He was institutionalized. He couldn't make it, and he hung himself in the little halfway house, sort of, that they set him up with. Right. It
1: was one of the sadder moments of the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. There was another guy who, um, that may or may not have happened to, his story kind of ends slightly before that as far as we can tell, as far as we know, Um, Calvin Coolidge, Uh the cool. The coolster. He he gave a pardon to a guy who was in jail, and the guy didn't want to leave, so he directly ordered the warden to get the guy out of prison and shut the cell behind him. Yeah. Well, those the the one caveat you
0: did mention was, um, you can refuse a pardon, but not when it applies to cases of uh, life or death. So, if you're on death row, mm-hmm. you don't get a choice if you're pardoned. Isn't that how it works?
1: Yeah, yeah. The That's the, the one Supreme time. Court worked that out as well. They're saying like, no, if you if you want to die, we're not going to kill you just because you want to die. If we've decided that you shouldn't die, right. And what's the deal with contempt of court? I didn't quite get that. Okay, so Chuck. This is this is a very, very important part because this confusing. is the one – I agree. I went back and read it, yeah. and I think it was one of those things where um, I was just so hot and bothered about it, like, oh, yeah, here's the <laughs> crux of my whole article, <laughs> yeah, right? I um, just kind of ran past actually explaining it well. Okay. Oh, well, I'm, So I'm let me try to do there. it a little better here. Okay. Okay? Um, w- w- you were saying that if um, the president – if, if, for some reason, O.J. Simpson had been convicted of his murder. alleged murder of Nicole Simpson yes. and Ronald Goldman, right? Yes. Um, and the president had pardoned him, that pardon wouldn't have had any effect on the civil case against him by the Goldman family, right. or the Brown family. None. Right? Because murder is legally an affront to the United States. It's an affront to the laws of the United States. Yes. And by the way, also, this would only, the, only if he had been convicted in federal court could the president's right. pardon have helped him, right? Yeah, remember that. Um, because the murder also has an effect on this family, uh-huh. we have civil courts. Right. There's civil law and criminal law. Yeah. President can forgive criminal law, can't do anything for civil law, right? Because pardons only cover an affront to the United States. So, okay. at one point in time, a guy named William Howard Taft, uh-huh. who is supreme, or uh, who is the um, chief justice of yeah. the Supreme Court, it was after his presidency. right? It was after yeah. that he was president. Eleven years after he left the White House, it, he he always said like he felt like he he fulfilled his destiny as Supreme Court justice. He didn't like being president. Interesting. Yeah. But as Supreme Court justice, he helped give a tool to Congress Mm -hmm. um, by saying that the presidential pardon is only to cover affronts to the United States. It doesn't cover affronts to a court, right? A contempt of court charge. Sounds like a loophole. That is a loophole. And Congress has exploited it because Congress actually has the ability to hold people in contempt of Congress for refusing to testify. So remember that whole impeachment... Clause, yeah, right. Where it literally says in the Constitution, yeah. you can. The president has the power to pardon people, mm-hmm. except in cases of impeachment, yeah. right? Without that court a contempt of court loophole, you'd have another loophole where the president could be like, "I'm going to do anything I want," and Congress can investigate me all right. at once. But none of my people are talking yeah. because they can be they can be um, arrested and charged and, and sentenced and pardoned and keep their mouth shut the whole time and know there's a pardon coming. Yeah, That doesn't work for contempt of court cases because contempt of court or contempt of Congress is not technically an affront to the laws of the United States. It's an affront to Congress. Right. It's an affront or to court. the court. Yeah. So the presidential pardon can't do anything about it. Uh, so there's the one tool Congress has right. as far as battling the presidential pardon. They can right. compel witnesses to testify, and if they don't, they can they have actually a little jail mm-hmm. in the, the um, Senate and, I think, House chambers, oh, yeah. where they keep them, the person in contempt. I bet it's a nice jail. Was that any better? Yeah.
0: I got it. Uh, but, however, if a president does – if it's legitimate and if, and if it's legal and if he does it right, or she, if we have a woman president one day, it is completely irrefutable. Yeah. If, if they do it right and it's on the le- – well, we say on the level <laughs> – like some of those last ones aren't really on the level, ethically speaking, but well, the, they're, but they're legal.
1: But you can't you can't challenge whether they're on the level or not, right? You and just can, uh, you know, grouse yeah, about sure. them.
0: Congress has tried to put a stop to this over the years, here and there. They've introduced bills uh, to limit um, pardon power, but they've all failed because of a couple of reasons. Because um, it's in the Constitution, very clearly, yeah. Article Two, Section Two, right? And Supreme Court likes to uphold the Constitution when they can. Likes to stand behind it when they can. And the other reason is it's, you know, it's kind of a long standing power and uh, they're not really used to, you know, they're not hip to getting rid of these things that have been around for a couple hundred
1: years. Right. And for everybody who's just opened their email client to send us um, all these examples of the Supreme Court not standing behind the Constitution when they can, Chuck meant specifically standing behind the Constitution. the, uh, pa- the pardon power well, yeah. article. Sure, sure. That's what you meant, right? That's what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Thanks for pointing that out and stopping the flood of emails. And not only that, Chuck, they actually, in 1974, the Supreme Court decreed this is a – it is spelled out in the Constitution, the president's power to pardon. And if you're going to find any flaws in it, you're going to have to go to that, like, one, two-sentence section and find your flaws there because it's in the Constitution – and you really can't touch it outside of the Constitution. Right. Right? Yes. So, Chuck, we were talking about the origins of this, you know, uh, that it was found in um, the prerogative of the English kings. And then, you know, they talked about it. And finally, the founders put it in the Constitution. Right. And originally, it it was to give the president the ability to, say, quell rebellion, insurrection. Yeah and just basically make a deal with people who were rising up against the government and saying, look, if you guys go back home, we're going to forget all this that happened. I'll issue yeah. a blanket pardon, yeah, yeah. a.k.a. amnesty. Yeah. Very shortly after the Constitution was written, uh, and then in, I think, 1791. 1794. 1794. George
0: Washington said, this is awesome. There's a whiskey rebellion going on. The farmers are uprising because they don't like being taxed. Right, I'm going to just forgive all you guys if you pipe down because yes. you've been arrested. And they said, eh, okay. All right, we'll go back home. And that was like right after we're the we're taking our whiskey
1: with us. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, Jimmy Carter, like you said, to heal national wounds, Ford kind of pardoned Nixon. Just to wrap that up, uh, Carter did a similar thing to sort of put an end to the Vietnam era by pardoning all the draft dodgers, mm-hmm. which a lot of people probably didn't like that move very much.
1: Yeah. A lot of people didn't like the Vietnam War very much either.
0: Good point. Yeah. One of my favorites, uh, Josh, is when you point out that um, pardons a lot of times can sort of undermine laws. And that was the case with Kennedy in uh, 1956. The National Narcotics Act was basically a big, hard, one of the first big, hard drug laws where they had mandatory minimums for kind of small-time offenders. Mm -hmm. So Kennedy said, you know, that's really not fair that that these small-time offenders are... First-time offenders are in prison for like five or more years, yeah, and it's no good. So I'm going to issue a blanket uh, pardon for all these guys and gals, and it kind of overturned the law in essence.
1: Yeah, and he's not the only person to do that. Um, There's calls right now for Obama to issue issue blanket pardons to people – who are convicted under mandatory crack minimums? Right. Because there's such a disparity between um, mandatory minimums for cocaine, which is predominantly or considered a white drug, right. and crack, which is considered a black drug. Yeah. Um. So if you get caught with the same amount of crack and coke, same value. Yeah. Um. You go to jail. You know, five times longer for crack. Yeah. Under these mandatory minimums, he hasn't so far, but there's a call for that same use of the right. presidential pardon. To use that as a tool, sure. Um, Warren Harding basically overturned the Espionage Act, right? Yeah, that was was that the Tokyo Rose? No, no. Espionage Act was World War One. Basically, if you were talking out against World War One, war in general, or were a conscientious objector, the federal government threw you in prison for up to ten years, right?
0: Yes, and so you're talking about uh, Eugene Debs. Oh, this guy's kind of a hero of mine. He was a Socialist Party candidate. Yeah. Um, what I thought was funny, he was a candidate five times in 1900, 04, 08, 12, and 20. Mm-hmm. So he took off 1916, I guess, to regroup.
1: I wondered if there were like two, if there was a candidate or two in there that he was like, "That guy's better than me. I'm Maybe. gonna let him run," or if he's just like, "I'm tired of this whole thing."
0: Yeah, I would have thought after he lost four times, he's like, "I can't do this again."
1: Well, I think he's kind of like the Ralph Nader of the turn of the 20th century. Yeah, the turn of the eight, 19th century.
0: Well, he spoke out, like you said, um, against our involvement in World War One, and mm-hmm. he was convicted uh, as for treasonous speech under the Espionage Act, and then. Um, Sentence to 10 years, and Harding said...
1: Here in Atlanta. Yeah. In the in the federal pokey- He got down. a million
0: votes from prison.
1: Yeah, and for his 1920 yeah. campaign. A Crazy. million votes. 1920. That's a lot of votes. It man. was a lot of votes, and he was enough of a contender that when um, Mr. President Warren G. Harding issued a blanket pardon for people under the Espionage Act, he invited Eugene Debs to drop by the White House to hang out after he got out of the, uh, the pen. Yeah, and
0: what did Debs say? No way. No, we went. Oh he did? Yeah, he had a visit. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh Ford, um that mentioned Tokyo Rose, he pardoned the only American woman that was part of the propaganda reading of Japanese propaganda reading on uh Radio Tokyo's Zero Hour and she was convicted of um was it treason again? Yeah. And years later, years later, reporters dug up some info that was kinda like, This is a trumped up charge mm-hmm. and this isn't really right. So Ford said, Pardoned.
1: Yeah. Her story is pretty interesting in and of itself. Oh yeah, the whole Tokyo Rose thing is, I think. Yeah, uh, Patty Hearst, she got a pardon. I love Patty Hearst. She got well. <laughs> was, we talked about her, I think, in the uh, brainwashing podcast. Oh yeah, remember when I of turned course. you into a preppy? Yeah, yeah. Um, she uh, was kidnapped and allegedly forced to commit bank robberies with the Symbionese Liberation Army, yeah. who also made an appearance, by the way, for you, Stuff You Should Know, Fact Finders, in the SWAT podcast. What the SLA did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember they got in the shootout oh, yeah, with the right. first SWAT team, or they were one of the reasons the SWAT team came up. Yeah. Anyway, she, Well,
0: we should point out who she was, just for those of you who don't know. She was the granddaughter of a uh, newspaper magnate, William Randolph Hearst, which is what Citizen Kane was. He was based on him. Right. So Citizen Patty Kane
1: Hurst. and... Um, Elvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakle. Oh, that was based on Hearst too. It was it, uh, it was basically a remake of Citizen Kane. I had no idea. <laughs> so yeah, Hearst
0: was uh, she was like, "Oh, they brainwashed me and made me. Uh, they kidnapped me, and brainwashed me, and made me rob banks and shoot at pigs." And so they they said, "No, I don't think so. You're you're convicted and um, in, in prison for seven years." And uh, Jimmy Carter stepped in and commuted it. And then later on, he asked Billy Billy Boy to give her the full pardon, which he did. Yeah, and then she went. She was in. Every John Waters movie ever made, I think.
1: Since then, I've not seen a one.
0: She, I think, she was in Cry Baby to begin with, and she's been in every one since then, including his upcoming film. What is it? Fruitcake is this next one. <laughs> he has the best mind. He said it's a Christmas, a Christmas movie Excellent. called Fruitcake.
1: I like that guy. You've never Having seen, never movie? seen a movie. I like John Waters. He's cool. You
0: know what you should see? I guess if you have never seen one, I wouldn't start you off with. Uh, the early, like, really nasty ones. Why? Well, actually, maybe yeah, it it's hurts a little for bit, you. <laughs> it's perfect for you. Pink uh, flamingos, I would think, right? Yeah, get pink flamingos okay. and watch uh, Divine eat poop. Okay. For for the love of God. Okay. I would say Serial Mom. Another one with Kathleen Turner before she was a man.
1: I thought that was probably during the man transition. The man transition, Yeah.
0: Perhaps. Josh, I want to talk about Arthur O'Brien just for a sec. He's my favorite one because President Abraham Lincoln pardoned him from uh, a charge of bestiality, attempted bestiality. Mm -hmm. Do you know what he was actually trying to do with what animal? uh, I think I did when I wrote this, but I don't anymore. Not important. Let's just call it bestiality. But Lincoln said, you know what? He's a really good guy otherwise, and he's led a really good life, and uh, he was really hammered
1: when it happened. (laughs) So I'm just going to go ahead and pardon that yeah and he did oh. Arthur O'Brien is now a um unbesmirched bestialist zoophilist <laughs> zoophilist zoophilist I think so Chuck actually that Arthur O'Brien case is a uh, really exemplary of the kind of thinking that goes into a presidential partner is supposed to right um Lincoln said, hey, the guy was drunk he's led an exemplary life right um and he is he's just he's he made a mistake when he sure was doing that with that animal yeah right (laughs) and he knows (laughs) it clearly he hasn't tried to get with an animal since so i'm going to pardon him uh in 1893 the doj said you know what the president needs help with this kind of stuff so um we're going to take on this power or congress said doj take on this power in 1981 the office of the pardon attorney was created
0: yeah and he's basically uh, say i keep saying he i feel like i should say she because i don't know if we've had a female pardon attorney but they are generally they're completely in charge of handling the thousands of of requests that office is so what they do is they do the same thing as they did way back with Lincoln they dig around the case they find out the circumstances of the case uh whether or not they've made restitution and led a really good life and maybe they've left prison and or maybe they work with kids and have done really great things and then they are the ones who make the recommendation to the president but the president I mean, if they're smart, they'll listen to what they say because they've done all the legwork. But the president doesn't have to no. follow the advice.
1: And actually, the the apparently, the DOJ or the pardon attorney's office said, um, you probably shouldn't pardon Mark Rich. He doesn't really fit the criteria in Clinton. Backdoor. That's going around. <laughs> yeah. Right. Should we close with some stats? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we
0: can't talk about pardons without just throwing out who has done what. So we're going to go ahead and say that the all time granddaddy of pardons was, uh, was uh, Roosevelt. Uh, n- Not numerically. Teddy. Numerically. Well, numerically, Franklin uh, but Roosevelt. He had three terms.
1: Yeah, but there were, what, like over 3,000 pardons? There were, and it's a lot of pardons, but that's, uh, I think, uh, 28% of the pardons that have come across his desk yes. he, he signed off
0: on. Truman led the way with percentage wise, right? Right.
1: 40 something. 42%.
0: 42. And. Um, James Garfield and William Henry Harrison, of course, had no pardons because they weren't in office very long.
1: No, uh, W.H.H. died of pneumonia after a month. I'm William – wait, here's William Henry Harrison. I died in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jimmy,
0: recently – let's just go over the recent ones. Uh, Carter issued 566. Reagan issued 406. Oh, Billy Clinton did 456. Mm-hmm. And then the Bush boys came along and um, – uh, Bush Senior, Herbert Walker, only seventy-seven. Yeah, and uh, George W. Uh, commu- I'm sorry, pardoned one hundred thirteen.
1: Right, and um, Herbert Walker, pardoned seventy-seven. You said total. Yeah, one of them was Casper Weinberger, who was the Defense Secretary yeah. in the Iran Contra affair. That was his big controversial one. Everyone has at least one. Sure. Why not? Those crazy. You're presidents. on your way out anyway. Those yeah. Wacky commanders yeah. You're, in chief. You're going to work for Goldman Sachs afterward anyway. You might as well. <laughs> exactly. just. Exactly. Who cares? <laughs> so I guess that's it, right? Yeah. I'm uh, done. If, if you want to see some funny pictures of old timey presidents or uh, George W. Bush pardoning a turkey, you should probably look up uh, presidential pardons. In the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com Alright, so Chuck, then, what are we going to do, then, right now? A uh, couple little orders of business A little pitch and a okay, little, right. uh, thank you So we need a new sound It's uh, time for pitch <laughs> Alright, I have no idea what that sound <laughs> was uh, Josh, we are having
0: We are recreating our awesome All-Star Trivia uh, Night That we did in New York Right here in our hometown of Atlanta, Georgia And uh, we have not got a location yet And we are not positive on a date, but it's looking like it might be uh, the first weekend in September, the weekend of Dragon Con.
1: Which is uh, Labor Day. Labor Day
0: weekend. We're looking at that Friday, September 3rd. Don't hold us to that, but we are having an all-star trivia
1: in Atlanta. It will probably be the weekend of Dragon Con. So we're going to say most likely. (laughs) I don't know about the Friday or whatever. I think it's probably going to be that weekend. I don't see why we wouldn't. Why wouldn't we? Exactly. Let's do it.
0: So uh, once again, we're putting a call out to people that have venues that might be interested in hosting. Um, Suggestions? Trivia guys? Sure. Yeah. Whatever you got. And we also want to say thank you uh, quickly to Mark Rhodes. Mark Rhodes is a big fan, and he's been helping us troubleshoot this OS 4 iPhone update issue we've been having where people cannot download
1: directly to their phone and Mark's been a big help yeah so thank you Mark for that and I want to say thank you to Tom Rhodes the uh stand-up comedian who was huge in the 90s whose act I caught at the Gotham nightclub the Gotham comedy club is what it was he was hilarious so thank you to Mark Rhodes and Tom Rhodes and thanks to Dusty Rhodes yeah for For being being such a great wrestler exactly uh we have another Rhodes Chuck uh, Lieutenant Rhodes, who's in a rock right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We haven't heard from him in a while. So. No. So, hey, send in uh, an email, will you? Lieutenant Rhodes to let us know you're doing all right. Uh, if you know a Rhodes that we should be thanking, let us know. Maybe we'll thank them. Uh, there's Rhodes all over the place, apparently. You can wrap it up, spank it on the bottom, and send it to StuffPodcast at com.